Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Blue Bomber safety Brandon Alexander as they gear up for their huge, huge game in Calgary this weekend. Also, we'll talk to Dennis Nord, who is an assistant coach on one of the best university volleyball teams this country has ever seen. The early 70s Westman men's teams inducted into the Canada West Hall of Fame. And we'll also talk to Winnipeg Ice forward Brad Janelle on his season so far as they gear up for a couple home games this weekend against Saskatoon. That's all on the podcast. Let's talk about the Bombers. Going into Calgary Saturday, 6 p.m. kickoff. 4 o'clock pregame coverage begins and help preview the action. We're joined by Blue Bomber safety, Brandon Alexander. Brandon, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How y'all doing? How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. So does it feel weird uh, now I'm introducing you as Blue Bomber safety? Are you used to that yet? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm just, you know, out there, you know, giving the opportunity uh, to move back there and, and talk to the guys more often on the field and being able to, you know, fit right back in. And so it didn't really matter whether it was safety or, or wherever spot that they needed. Uh, I just was able to come back and you know, thank for the contributors to the team. What's the biggest difference from a vision standpoint, playing safety compared to a defensive back halfback? Well, you just, you're able to see the whole field as far as like you're a little bit deeper and uh, you can see literally from sideline to sideline and like that type of vision. You can also see the quarterback head on, you know, what's in the backfield. And so you'd be able to, to talk to guys and relay to guys, you know, where to go before um, they actually can get a beat on it. It's not saying that, you know, they don't know once it's like 32 set or whatever the, the sets are, you know, we're able to go out there and I, I'm able to say it to them real fast and they can see it. And that gives us a, you know, a little bit more time just to be able to communicate back there. So the defense able to pick off Vernon Adams four times last weekend. Do you feel like the secondary, this defense is getting the mojo back? Well, you know, again, we're just, it starts off up front. You know, the front is able to get to the uh, quarterback. There's something to run up there. You know, our front is definitely doing a phenomenal job at that. And it's giving us opportunities for uh, big plays in the back end because they're going to have to throw the ball second and long. And we're able to, you know, key in on our leads and being able to, you know, communicate with ourselves in the right place. You know, our guys are getting to the quarterback, so we know the ball is going to come out at some point. And, you know, we need to be where we're at. And that's what showed last week. So, I mean, being able to just continue this road and continue this running and being able, you know, to come out there and just, again, have fun with the guys. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really what it is. So you've got Calgary on Saturday. You are not active when the Bombers hosted Calgary back in August, but Levi Mitchell was also not active in that game. Because of the the fact that Bo wasn't in that game, does that really change the game film that you're looking at from that game? Uh, just, I'm going to say a little bit, it does a lot just because it's Bo Levi. You know, he makes the reads, you know, that other quarterbacks won't see just because of he's been in the game a long time. He's been in that system a long time. You know, he's played with a couple of those seniors for a while. So he understands where everything is on defenses. If you show him a coverage and you just stand there, he's going to know exactly where to go every single time. You know, it's it's a lot tougher when he's in the game. And, you know, the running back's doing a phenomenal job. All the receivers are doing a good job of catching the ball when he's throwing to them. You know, the ball is coming out and they're catching them fast and and, and making yardage for it. So, Again, like that change is a, a bit different, and we understand. And you still watch, you know, film from there to see, 
what kind of sets that they like to do, but just the quarterback input on himself is just a lot different than what it would be a couple of weeks ago, well, uh, a couple of months ago. Now we talk a lot about Bo Levi Mitchell and his abilities, but what about the Calgary run game? Yeah, Calgary run game was different. You know, Don, he come out there, he's number 25. He's able to run the, a ball. He's really quick. You know, he has shifty moves and he's a tough guy. You know, you see on the, he put on the film and, you know, he runs people over, you know, when he needs the chance and he needs to get a first down. You know, he's got his own line blocking really well for him and his receivers block as well. So, you know, those are big guys that receiver too. You know, they're six two, you know, two hundred, two twelve, you know, they're out there blocking their behinds off and, you know, it's giving open spaces for the running game. What has this week been like knowing that you control your own destiny for the for a home playoff spot needing to go into Calgary, a place where the bombers do not have a lot of success? Well, that's that's really what we needed. That's as far as going out there and uh, you know having our own destiny being controlled by us. You know, nobody else. We're just going out there, taking it one game at a time, and uh, it starts with this Calgary game. Last week was last week. This week is this weekend. In two days, it'll be where we need to be at. We're going to go out there. We're going to play together. We're going to have fun, and you know, it's a game. You know, it's a game that. You know, it needs to be played, and we're going to be motivated. We're already motivated to go out there and, and showcase. So, again, it's going to be it's going to be fun. But you know, it that's what we needed is to control our own destiny. And you know, we started one game at a time, and this is what it is up here this Saturday. Where did the idea for that uh, turnover chain come from that I saw on the bench on Saturday? Uh, it's not a, a turnover. What it really is is just a link, and we have every guy on defense have a link and. Uh, coaches have a link as well, and we put it on that chain. And you know what it represents is unity. You know, it's everybody has their own link, and they take it home, and we'll put it together at the end. This is about unity when we when we're together. You know, and uh, we'll have it as far as uh, the chain out there, and we'll put it in the locker room. And, and it just stands for unity. You know, it's just uh, something that Coach Richie. Uh, addressed to us and you know wanted to get done and we all understood that and we you know we were we were in with it. How's it feel to have uh, Richie Hall back with the team this week? Uh, it's definitely good. You know everybody was happy to see him this week. You know uh, smiling faces and uh, that got us motivated as well. You know he's out there. I know he missed the game and it's unfortunate situations that happened, but for him to come back and. Uh, have a smile on his face and uh, he's out there every day and uh, we appreciate that for him to come back and and just show face you know being out there is different you know and uh, we're definitely glad to have him back and we're appreciative of it well Brandon I appreciate your time tonight and good luck this weekend in Calgary I appreciate your turn thank you for calling the Canada West Conference They've launched the Hall of Fame, and every weekday for 100 days, they're revealing 100 members that will be inducted. Sometimes it's individuals, there have been teams. We've had Bison's grads, Desiree Scott and Israel Adonage, already announced. But today, the Winnipeg Westmen get their first nod, and it goes to the dynastic men's volleyball team of the early 1970s. The team captured four straight national titles, 1971, 72, 73, 74. Didn't drop a set in the 71 and 72 national tournaments. Joining me now to talk about this is Dennis Nord, who was an assistant coach on some of those teams. And Dennis, congrats on the big honor. When did you find out about this? Well, I got a call from David Larkins, and uh, he told me that was the case. So that was about three weeks ago. And uh, 
so that was that was that was fun. Uh, that was nice to hear. Uh, it, it's not my first Hall of Fame, and I, I only say that because, uh, as you as you, uh, I try to explain to people that you go into these things when you're young and you're you're competing and you're coaching and stuff, uh, and you do it because you love it, and uh, and you you love competing, you love working with teammates. And you you never ever think of there will be recognition or honors or something coming later, and although they're nice, it, it's a little bit embarrassing sometimes. But um, I'm happy with this one because I'll get to see, you know, four years of teams that that uh, guys I was close to and haven't seen for a long time. So yeah, there's a celebration coming up this weekend, right? Uh, that's that's going to be more uh, local. But there'll be yeah there'll be some guys there that uh, we haven't seen for a while. I know some are flying in from Toronto, and it's really it, it, in terms of a fest celebration, it's just sort of a hand wave at halftime <laughs> and at the uh, at the Westman game. But I imagine uh, we will find something to do with ourselves after that. For sure. Now, for those who have not been part of a four-year dynasty, I think most of us would be in that category. Mm-hmm. Is there a feeling when you're playing? Like you could never lose. Was there some kind of invincibility feel to that run? There, there was times when we had that. We there was a couple of years we had struggles, but uh, as the team got stronger, um, I don't know if we in the last couple of years, and especially the last year, I didn't coach it. The last year was was perhaps the strongest team team, and that's when Garth Pischke and. Uh, some of the national team got well. They weren't national team guys then, but when some of them joined, but yeah, there was uh, there was a certain sense that we were pretty strong. I tried not to be cocky, but confident that we could win. And and really, to that extent, our our athletic director uh, was Dave Anderson, who was he was a, a really a strong supporter, of the, you know, of this small school, and he wanted to. It had just become the University of Winnipeg. And he wanted to put it on the map, so he was when he saw a chance for the strong team, he really uh, gave us a lot of opportunities. And and one of the things he did, being a UCLA grad, uh, he arranged for us to go to California and play three matches in uh, in LA. So we played, uh, we beat the number one ranked UCLA, we beat the number two ranked USC. And we lost to the number four team Pepperdine, so that did a lot for our confidence too. I would say at that time. And uh, but uh, yeah, we 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 became quite confident. Now, when did you get involved in the coaching ranks? Well, um, I was involved in 1971. David asked me to coach, but I had committed to. Uh, coaching the Canada Games, the Manitoba Canada Games team. Uh, and so I said that uh, I would do it the next year. So that turned out to be uh, a pretty good arrangement because what became of it, I coached Canada Games team, and that meant that I had the best players in Manitoba. And while we are at the Canada Games, uh, I saw a lot of uh, really good players, and uh, one of the players, uh, Larry Plennert from BC, 
uh, came back to join the Winnipeg team, and a player from Alberta, John Paulson, came back to join the Winnipeg team. Now, these were guys that had connections to Winnipeg, but were really looking for some way to, where to play. And so and those were two guys that went from the Winnipeg team to the national team and to the Olympics. So out of, out of that Winnipeg team, um, at any given time there, there was five guys that went to the, that were on the Olympic team in 1976. So, well, uh, I think my, my coaching was uh, more finding good players than X's and O's. <laughs> you don't want to take all the credit. Oh, no. I, I learned early on in my coaching career that it seemed pretty consistent that the guys with the best players won a lot. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so that, that be- certainly became a part of the strategy. And I, I enjoyed go- scouting and watching other teams and, and uh, other provinces, so it worked out well. To that end, what was the ratio of local products on the team to imported from other provinces? I would say imported from other provinces, I'd say we had three out of maybe ten. But some of them were former Winnipeggers who came back to play. But it was mostly, uh, you know, at that time, Winnipeg had probably the, I mean, I should back up and say the Canada Games team that that I went to Saskatoon with won the gold medal and came back. And from those guys, now 18-19, about four of them joined the Westman team. So you're you're already stocking up. It's a it's a pretty good feeder system, and that was always the case in Winnipeg. The Winnipeg high school system was was and still is really really strong. So that goes to you know all the high school coaches and junior high coaches that uh, put in the time and and uh, so when when uh, we were getting these guys at the college level, it wasn't like we were teaching them to do tie up their shoelaces and that sort of thing. They were they'd had some good coaching. What was it like to win four straight national titles? Well, I wasn't in on all four, uh, but I think for the for the school it was fantastic, and it was. Uh, uh, I can I can remember uh, one report. I think it was in a win in Sackville, New Brunswick, and it's the paper there. And the, I think it was this, I forget what it was, but the headline was that, that the uh, the national. Bo- Collegiate champions uh, for that particular year. Uh, it was won by a, a a tiny college on Portage Avenue in Winnipeg. <laughs> so it was. Uh, we always had the the uh, underdog little guy thing working for us. You know, a school of, of four thousand playing against uh, uh, twenty thousand, twenty five thousand schools. So it was fun. It was. There was enough. Uh, there was enough change each year that it wasn't the same group staring at each other. There was always some change and a different, different styles and and uh, different outcomes, but consistently uh, good coaching. And that's what I I coached a couple. Uh, Weezer Bridal was was a big guy in the beginning of it, and who who had coached all of us as young juniors and stuff. And he came to the to the Westman and, and really got the ball rolling. At that time, what was there available to volleyball players after university was done? And, you know, there's the, the Olympics, but was that basically it? Um, in terms of, um, there were the, fortunately, the national team was based in Winnipeg for a number of years. And uh, 
guys had that. But after that, um, you know what, guys were um, there was there was club teams, uh, but nothing sort of really professional in that way. There there is now, but uh, that was no, it was basically high school, and then if you or pardon me, university, and, and then when you graduated, you would form some club teams with guys that would play uh, recreational, but still at a high level. Right. Do you still follow the Westman? Sure. I uh, I have uh, Friday night tickets. <laughs> um, yeah, we go quite a bit. There's a few of us that were former coaches of the Westman, and they have a nice little VIP section where we uh, sit at the end in the nice little glassed-in area and watch the games. So there's on the Westman women's team. There's some kids that I've coached over the last few years, and on the, and the Westman men's team, just for interest, uh, the coach is a good friend, Larry, and uh, so we still go to the games. Yep, we'll be going this uh, Saturday. Finally, does it feel like it's been almost 50 years since this all happened? <laughs> I had a picture. I looked at a picture of us. Uh, uh, taken a couple of years ago, and that was after 42 years. And I thought they looked pretty good, with a few exceptions. That was me and one of the other coaches who are looking every bit of our 70 years. So, but uh, no, it goes fast, and and uh, it's funny. Uh, you you probably are aware of it too. When you get you get together with guys you haven't seen for 10, 20 years, and in a matter of 10 minutes, you're doing the same goofy things that you used to do 20 years ago. You know. It, it it all comes back pretty quickly, and you you realize why you were good friends back then. Well, Dennis, I appreciate your time tonight. Congratulations again on this, and uh, have fun with the celebrations. Will do. Thank you very much. Every Thursday at this time on the Sports Show, a segment we're calling The Freezer. Let's head into The Freezer to talk to a member of the Winnipeg Ice Head of this weekend's games against the Saskatoon Blades. It's Saturday and Sunday, both 7.30 p.m. starts at Wayne Fleming Arena. And we're joined by veteran forward Brad Janelle, who started his career in Portland before he was traded to the ice. Uh, Brad, let's start with this. How have you enjoyed your first months in Winnipeg? Uh, it's a little different moving to a new city, but at this point I'm a little bit used to it. So uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. So you've bounced around a bit from Portland to Cranbrook to Winnipeg, so city to tiny place to city. What's the difference in terms of kind of the off-ice feel of the places you've played in so far? Yeah, obviously Portland's a big market in the WHL. Like, they, they net a lot of fans every game. And then going to a place like Cranbrook, which obviously has a way smaller population, it was a bit of a culture shock and just like a smaller market. But I uh, I really enjoyed both places, and I'm I'm looking forward to what's going on in Winnipeg here now. How do you think the season's gone so far? Um, we're we're doing okay right now. I think we still have a lot more to give too. Like we have some younger guys in this team who are starting to flourish a little bit. Like a guy like Owen Pierce had a big game last game. He's a good player, and guys like McLennan and Lambos who play big roles in our team and are younger guys. So hopefully, moving forward, we'll be a lot better. Do you feel like you have a different spot in this team now that you're one of the older players? You're kind of in a more of a veteran role. Yeah, uh, with a lot of trades and stuff last year, I got a chance to play a little bit more. So that kind of helped me coming to this year. Now I can take on a little bit more of a leadership role, help out more of the more of the young guys, and just kind of uh, just kind of show them kind of how I've done it the last four years, and just uh, just to help them out. 
So you had a pretty good season last year, your career high at 41 points in 68 games. Do you set goals in terms of point totals going into a season? Um, Not a whole lot. I feel like guys try to worry too much about points, and then they get kind of down on themselves and they don't really produce up to what they think their standards are. I just try to play and just, just try to play my best. Like, that's all I can really ask, like, Sometimes you play a really good game, you don't get any points. Sometimes you play a game you think you didn't do that well and come away with two or three points. So it's uh, just like playing. If I felt I played well in a game, then I'm pretty satisfied with that. Let's go back a few years. Did you always know hockey was going to be the sport for you? Yeah, from from a young age, uh, my dad had me on skates pretty early. He played in the Western League, too, and works in the NHL. So I kind of had my not my avenue set out, but he uh, – he showed me the way when I was younger, and I really enjoyed it and just kind of kept going. So I guess your your grandpa coached in the WHL for a long time. Your dad's been an NHL scout, so I, you didn't really have a choice, did you? <laughs> well, I always have a choice. My dad doesn't force me to do anything I don't want to do, but I, I really enjoy the sport, so I just kept playing it and I uh, making what I can out of it. Any other sports you played growing up? Uh, I played baseball growing up. I did other winter sports like snowboarding when I had the chance. And I play a lot of golf in the summer too. So just kind of little hobbies. Obviously, I don't have time for snowboarding anymore. But um, just I like to golf in the summer and play like slow pitch when I can. It's always fun to play other sports for sure. Now you played against your brother, Riley, who was with the traded to the Wheat Kings not long before the season opening series. What was that like? It was really cool. I've never played against him before because of our age difference, but he's worked really hard to get where he is, and I, I of course, wish him all the best, but it's nice to beat them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm curious, what was life like living in an American city? Was, was it any different at all? Yeah, it was It was a lot different. Like, uh, the, the people there were, they weren't too much different from Canadians, but obviously it is a different country, and I, I enjoyed it. I didn't have any problems with anybody there. Um, just like it's obviously a lot more of a political country because I was there right in the heart of the election a couple mm. of years ago. <laughs> so I got to see kind of the side of that and how kind of different things affect different parts of the country. So that was pretty cool. But I, I enjoyed it. Do you like the bus rides in the WHL? Because they can be pretty long. Yeah, they can be long, but I don't mind them. I like hanging out with my teammates. Like I know some guys like to throw some headphones in and watch a movie, but I try to play cards or talk to guys as much as I can because uh, obviously your time in the Western League isn't isn't forever, so you want to make the most of, it, of everything. Now, it's no secret that uh, the ice haven't fared too well in at home so far this season. The season's been short, but what have you thought about the kind of intimate atmosphere at Wayne Fleming Arena? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It kind of feels a little bit like the Art Hauser and Prince Albert, sort of the same amount of seats in their rink, but... Um, I, I think I think we we really want to be better at home. Obviously, we know we haven't been that great, but um, yeah, I've I've liked it. Like they're they're trying to make a good atmosphere for us, make a better home atmosphere for us than the failing crowds in Cranbrook kind of were. But yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. Do you ever think about the next step for you as a hockey player beyond the WHL, or right now you're just focused on this? Yeah, every everybody, I'm sure thinks about it a little bit and what they want to do, but I'm I'm focused here for the next year or two to see what I can do on the ice, see what my team can do, and uh, I just want to I just want to win with this team, obviously. And finally, for those that maybe haven't checked out a Winnipeg Ice game, 
sell the team for me? What what should they come out to see? Uh, we have a lot of young talent, a lot of guys on this team who I'm very confident will be playing pro in the next two or three years, I'm sure. And uh, it's, it's fast-paced hockey. Like a game like the Jets game, obviously it's the NHL. It's the best level. But I feel like the Western League, it's a little bit more of an intimate atmosphere. You can talk to guys at lots of community events we do, and you can kind of get to know us a little bit more. I think there's less of a divide between fans and players in this league. Well, Brad, I appreciate your time tonight, and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs>